0: Welcome to Zensylvania. My name is Eric Adrians, and I'll be your host, tour guide, or master of ceremonies. You decide which. In Zensylvania, I explore motorcycle Zen, meditation, Tai Chi, and a variety of other obsessions which continue to provide me with meaningful and sometimes unexpected insights into living the kind of life I want to live and being the kind of person. I want to be i'm not an expert in any of these things in fact it would probably be a mistake for me to claim to be an expert in anything at all but i can be a devoted enthusiast and i generally try to maintain a beginner's mind when it comes to life and all of the wonderful things there are to learn while living it i started zensylvania largely due to the influence of three books robert piercings zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, Alfred North Whitehead's Process and Reality, and the Zen teachings of Homeless Kodo. So you can count on a whole lot of time spent on those books. But along the way, I include fiction, poetry, philosophy, interviews, and any content that seems to fit the bill. I'm glad that you've decided to visit me here in Pennsylvania. Maybe together, we'll be able to figure a few things out. I certainly hope we manage to have a good time. Zansylvania, it's a state of mind. Oh, and one more thing. I take an experimental and iterative approach to the podcast. The episode that you hear today may be updated and improved tomorrow, next week, or even next year. With your feedback and participation, I hope Sensylvania will be a unique and engaging podcast environment which grows and evolves over time to be the kind of place that keeps us, you and I, visiting often. Before launching into my musings regarding practicing Tai Chi in the morning, I wanted to make a few comments and observations about the progress of the ZenSylvania podcast and website. So maybe this is a kind of ZenSylvania Metacast segment. I want to start with thanks to everyone who has taken time to listen. I really do appreciate your time. I know there are a lot of ways that you could use it and I feel honored for those occasions that you've decided to spend your time in Zensylvania. A couple of weeks ago, I stated during my second Zensylvania Metacast that I had a goal to reach 50 unique listeners as measured by Anchor, my podcast service provider. With only seven installments released, Zensylvania has more than doubled that stated goal. I really couldn't be more pleased. Thank you again for taking time to listen. During that October Metacast, I suggested that reaching 50 listeners would open up new opportunities for advertising via Anchor. Well, I've learned that my previous understanding was not quite fully accurate. It appears that Anchor's advertising options are not available to Canadian podcasters. While it is modestly disappointing that Anchor's advertising services are not an immediate option, I have to admit that my favorite podcasts aren't cluttered by intrusive advertising segments. And that really gives me motivation to think about how advertising relates to what I want to do in Zensylvania. Suffice it to say that advertising is now a sideline notion as far as Zensylvania is concerned. I also want to thank everyone who has provided feedback and kindly criticism from the time that I started this project a few months ago. It's a privilege to have you spend time with me and it's an even greater privilege to receive your thoughts about the podcast or about the subjects that I cover. So I want you to know that I appreciate and value your engagement. For example, what do you think about how advertising may relate to the podcast. Is it something that ought to be excluded? If not, how ought it to be engaged? I posted a Halloween story titled The Hole Where the Ghosts Come In as the last installment of the podcast and expect still to make some revisions to both the story and the recording. It was entertaining to take a couple of weeks to write a Halloween or horror story. Given the relatively brief time devoted to the writing and recording, I find that there are still a few rough patches that need to be smoothed out. A text version of the story will be released on the Zensylvania website around the same time that this current installment is released. I'll also be altering the recorded version of the story around the same time. If there are areas of the story that don't quite work for you, I'd be interested in hearing or reading your thoughts. This will help me to improve the story over time. Please consider leaving a voice message or sending me an email message. Now in this part of Zensylvania, we're going to reflect a bit on practicing Tai Chi in the morning. If you had time to listen to my earlier learning, episode today's exhibit picks up certain topics and themes initiated there i hope you enjoy this discussion of tai chi in the morning around 1971 or 1972 Towns Van Zant wrote and recorded a hauntingly beautiful song called Highway Kind. It's one of those somber, poetic, and mysterious songs that occasionally reaches out from a great songwriter to grab hold of your attention and affection without ever letting go. Several terrific versions by different artists are out there available to be enjoyed. It first came to my attention via one of Lyle Lovett's albums, Step Inside This House. Lovett's version is still my favorite, but other versions also have their appeal. In my opinion, a close second place goes to a version by a recording artist named Twin Shadow. It was posted on YouTube back in 2014 as Live on KEXP. It seems to me to deserve far more than the few thousand views that it's garnered to date. Even before I was aware of Manzant's rather troubled life and regrettably early death, the opening lines of Highway Kind rarely failed to establish in me an ambiance suitable to quiet and perhaps even somber introspective deep dives. I'd like to read a few of the lines of the song right now. My days, they are the highway kind. They only come to leave the leaving. I don't mind. It's the coming that I crave. Pour the sun upon this ground, stand to throw a shadow, watch it grow into a night and fill the spinning sky. Time among the pine trees. It felt like breath of air. Usually I just walk these streets and tell myself to care. Sometimes I believe me, and sometimes I don't hear. Sometimes the shape I'm in won't let me go. Bask in the desolating warmth of these lovely lyrics and the haunting melody as I may, this is a kind of sentiment that I'm unlikely to ever conceive or experience. I've never craved mornings, and I don't expect to ever develop an appetite for them beyond a recognition that they are an established fact of life. Most typically, I will doggedly cling to a warm bed and the last wonderful sensations of a dark and comfortingly quiet night. What is among my cravings, however, is to find and develop new connections within and understandings of life and myself. That craving makes this song an easy and valuable meditative partner for morning Tai Chi routines. In my Zensylvania installation titled Learning, I talked a bit about beginning to learn Tai Chi as a 50 plus year old beginner. Among other things, deciding to learn and experience this martial art was a way for me to reestablish a positive learning state of mind, while also coping with what turns out to have been a not quite fathomed COVID-19 pandemic and lockdown. It has been a situation that I still don't quite see the end of and almost certainly entails individual and collective impacts that remain at this time incompletely told. When I say told, that's T-O-L-L-E-D as in calculated. The global situation and circumstances of COVID seem to have had a highway kinding type of effect across many if not all parts of society there seems to be a part of us all that has felt a desolating disconnection with our days i'm sure that study of the effects of these still indeterminate months will be the work of various academics over the course of the coming decade or two While this observation of mine may or may not be correct, taking up the practice of Tai Chi has been a method for me to be an active agent in how this disruptive period of time affects me as an individual. I guess I'm saying that coping with stress, change, and circumstantial adversity is not merely the deployment of passive or static unconscious resiliencies, but it is also involves a dynamic and consciously engaged set of behaviors. I want to mention here that I've used the terms static and dynamic in the spirit of how Robert Piercing used them in his books, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance and Leela. And so I consider my observations here to be consistent with, though not necessarily derived from, Piercyg's Metaphysics of Quality, and Alfred North Whitehead's Philosophy of Organism, which, in my opinion, Piercyg's work is an extension of. Initially, I tackled the learning of Tai Chi as a kind of do-it-when-I-remember-to routine. Since I was using online resources as my tools, there were no classes to attend and no schedule of learning to adhere to once per day or once per week didn't matter since there was no kind of external or circumstantial accountability. This initial routine that I was following, if you care to call it that, carried on for several weeks. Finally, when I realized that my do it when i remembered" to tai chi schedule did not qualify as a commitment, And that my learning wasn't actually proceeding, I started to consider what I could and should do about it. I decided that I needed to set a regular schedule for the activity that I could stick to. I also wanted a routine that would help me maximize any potential benefit that I might derive from the practice. After deciding that I needed a specific part of the day that would include Tai Chi, the next problem I faced was when that time might be. Even in the lockdown pandemic days and working from home as I was, my daily routine provided only two relatively narrow windows of opportunity that seemed viable. That is before work in the morning and after dinner in the evening. In my case, I settled on what is typically the worst part of my day, mornings. It makes a kind of sense. If this is the worst time of day, maybe including Tai Chi would be an improvement. Maybe I could capture some of that pour-the-sun-upon-the-ground enthusiasm that Towns Van Zant had described. My usual morning, and still my first inclination, is a groggy, grudging, reluctant kind of affair. For instance, I'm rarely able to consider food for several hours. On most occasions, a hot shower and a hot beverage are the two requisite items to get me going. Upon occasion, one or other of these two things may be skipped, but never both. This tendency of mine is a very old predilection. It seems entirely probable that there are reasons why mornings are the most consistently challenging part of my day. Some of those reasons are probably habitual or behavioral, while others may be rooted in biological process. The human condition is certainly a complicated morass of causes of causes and effects of the facts. And while there are some people who want to believe they thoroughly understand these causes of causes and effects of effects, mostly I just want to find practical ways to make the present richer and more enjoyable. Waking has always been a trial, particularly now that I've solidly entered, if not absolutely past, midlife. Grizzly as it certainly is, waking and rising in the morning. I seem to viscerally experience the fact that my lungs and circulatory system are not the strong, healthy systems that I enjoyed as a younger person. I seem to feel an ever-thickening sludge pooling in my chest and limbs, like the black, dirty oil of an engine that's perhaps 100,000 kilometers overdue for service. And this is despite a self-image, or perhaps I should say self-delusion, of being a reasonably healthy individual. After all, I don't carry too many extra pounds, I eat pretty well, and I'm reasonably active with dog walks, bike rides, and occasional weightlifting. Still, this kind of feeling has been growing occasionally to awful proportion in recent years. One morning, while still coming to terms with the idea of morning Tai Chi practice, I had occasion to recall bouts of pneumonia that I experienced over the years as a younger person. Wave after wave of liquid infection that left me wheezing and panting for weeks and months afterwards. I also recalled the embolism that had drizzled into my lungs and choked off the last of my youthful feelings of vitality just a few years ago these of course are relative experiences. Well, on that morning, I decided that I'd rather get up and do some Tai Chi than watch myself decline into a further medicated and unhealthier version of myself. With that rather frank and dissatisfying self-assessment in mind, I found a 2016 study by Patricia Houston and Bruce McFarlane, which you can also find on the National Institutes of Health National Library of Medicine website. The study's authors conducted a literature review on the benefits of Tai Chi for 25 specific conditions, as well as for general health and fitness. This was done to update a 2014 review of systemic reviews. Systemic reviews and recent clinical trials were assessed and organized into five different groups. Those being evidence of benefit as excellent, evidence of benefit as good, evidence of benefit as fair, evidence of benefit as preliminary, and of course, no direct benefit. According to Houston and McFarland's work, during the past 45 years, more than 500 trials and 120 systemic reviews have been published on the health benefits of Tai Chi. Systemic reviews of Tai Chi for specific conditions indicate excellent evidence of benefit for preventing falls, osteoarthritis, Parkinson's disease, rehabilitation for chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and improving cognitive capacity in older adults. As an individual who's over 50, that sounds like good news to me. There is good evidence of benefit for depression, cardiac and stroke rehabilitation, and dementia. Now that sounds like good news for individuals of any age, and most particularly for those who may wish to mitigate their risks and impacts from these conditions. There is fair evidence of benefit for improving quality of life for cancer patients, fibromyalgia, hypertension and osteoporosis. Current evidence indicates no direct benefits for diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis or chronic heart failure. This does not seem to be a particular surprise to me given the nature of those conditions. Systemic reviews of general health and fitness show excellent evidence of benefit for improving balance and aerobic capacity in those with poor fitness. Now, again, as a 50 plus year old individual with a rather less than preferred self-assessment, this interests me as I am very concerned with pulmonary health and with maintaining and improving my balance. I wouldn't say that I've ever struggled with balance issues, but I am very aware that falls for older adults can be a singularly damaging event, so I'd like to continue to develop balance as I get older. There is good evidence for increased strength in the lower limbs. It seems to me that leg strength has not always received the kind of attention for the casual exercise enthusiast as it really ought to do. Certainly, my personal preference for cycling has retained this issue on my own radar. Anything that I can do to maintain and improve, particularly in the dark winter months, I certainly appreciate. There is fair evidence for increased well-being and improved sleep. I think this would be news that would be appreciated for all age groups, particularly in this computerized, light-soaked age, when it seems that nearly everyone feels themselves to be somewhat sleep-deprived. And there were no studies that found Tai Chi worsened the condition. A recent systemic review on the safety of Tai Chi found that adverse events were typically minor and primarily musculoskeletal No intervention-related serious adverse events have been reported. The researchers concluded that there is abundant evidence on health and fitness effects of Tai Chi. Based on this, they feel physicians can now offer evidence-based recommendations to their patients, noting that Tai Chi is still an area of active research and patients should continue to receive medical follow-up for any clinical conditions. I am not a researcher, nor am I a physician. I'm a non-expert who navigates the world, mostly making and taking responsibility for my own decisions, and usually trusting my own experience and observational skills. Sometimes I draw from the work and opinions of experts as I may need them or find value. It's interesting to know that some formal investigation occurred which validates Tai Chi as a healthy activity. But I'm not entirely certain that I particularly needed a systemic review of reviews to come to that conclusion. It seems like directly observable sense that including a variety of low impact movements in a person's day is better than not having them at all. I will be interested to learn whether there are formal studies, which indicate whether morning Tai Chi is healthier or more sustainable than Tai Chi practiced at some other time during the day. Well, in the meantime, rather than hunkering down on a chair while the morning beverage comes together, I began to act. Currently I run through the Tai Chi moves that I've been learning, calming the water, over the drum, brush knee, single whip, and several others. In fact, I was surprised by how many come to mind first thing in the morning. I won't claim that they feel natural and smooth, but they are in fact there for me. I simply stand in the kitchen and run through what I can. At this point, I should mention that my earliest practice sessions were based on a 20-minute YouTube video called Daily Tai Chi for Beginners and Seniors with Don Fior. Fior's video is very approachable and is paced well. On Fior's website, there's a short passage which provides an outlook on Tai Chi that resonates with me and what I felt that I wanted to do with the exercise. It goes like this. Although many people consider Tai Chi as a martial art, our videos are focused on the meditative value when doing slow, repetitious, simplified movements with deep breathing. Fjord's focus on deep breathing and meditation matched my objectives for myself. I decided it would be an interesting opportunity to bring some breathing into my day. Since I spend most of my day metaphorically tethered to the tools of my professional work, I don't get as much cardiovascular exercise as I probably need. With the onset of the coronavirus pandemic environment, I began to work from home and lost the meager bit of walking and cycling that used to be part of my commute. Tai Chi and a bicycle trainer at home are part of my plan to overcome a mostly stationary lifestyle. By combining the Tai Chi movements with the deepest breathing I can muster in the morning, I'm expecting to derive some benefits. It's not going to replace a good 40 minute bike ride or run, or any of the other genuine cardiovascular activities you care to mention, but it must be better than what I had been previously doing. And that is nothing. So now most mornings I get between 15 and 20 minutes of movement and deep breathing. In the morning, I find it easier to synchronize deep, full breaths with the practice of the Tai Chi moves. This is partly because I'm focused on wanting those deep breaths. Also means that I'm able to allow my breathing to guide the movement. I seem to pay less attention to the movement in order to focus on the breathing. As a result, the movements themselves flow easier. Morning still isn't the best part of my day. And even after more than a year of working on this project, I find that most mornings I'd rather curl up and wait for that first hot beverage of the day to be ready. But then again, most mornings I manage to run through at least a few motions. While I may not actually feel good in the morning, I think that I feel good about the Tai Chi. So instead of curling up in that convenient and comfortable chair, I stand and practice a few moves. Within a few steps of my Tai Chi station, there are two large glass south-facing doors. On many mornings, I'm able to see and feel the sun filtering through the branches and foliage of a diverse and lush arboreal panorama. Our century old home is fortunately situated on a big old city block that gives us a view of at least a dozen different varieties of tree, including our own 40 foot fir tree, which dominates our yard. The scene through those back doors recalls for me, both Van Zandt's highway kind lyrics, And when I'm practicing Tai Chi in particular, a scene in Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance, wherein the narrator describes waking and engaging with the morning with some exercise. I'd like to read those lines to you just now. It goes like this, but pines and sunlight are stronger than any dreams and the wondering goes away. Good old reality to warm myself. I, Speed up to a jog and move up the road briskly. Good, 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 good. The word keeps time with the jogging. Some birds fly up from the shadowy hill into the sunlight, and I watch them until they're out of sight. Good, 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 good. Crunchy gravel on the road. Good, good. Bright yellow sand in the sun. Good. Good, good. In this passage, Robert Peirceg has captured a kind of poetic rhythm between the coming of his day, the activity of his morning jog, and the philosophy he attempts to describe and depict in the book. And that's what the Tai Chi is for me in my morning. My morning Tai Chi routine usually begins with me standing with my feet shoulder-width apart, and parallel to each other It takes several moments to just stand there and pay attention to my posture to try to correct anything that doesn't feel right. Sometimes to connect with some part of my body that doesn't feel the way it ought to. The first movement I usually do is called separating heaven and earth. I pick this movement, not from Tai Chi's traditional 108 movements but from Fior's Daily Qi video. I'm not above mixing something into my routine that suits me, and this movement seems to set a Tai Chi mood for me, so I do it. The motion goes like this. From that initial basic loose standing position, I bring the palms of my hands up to face each other about six inches from my chest and about four inches from each other. This allows for my fingers and arms to be loose. My arms are at about a 30 degree angle from the floor. And while bringing my arms into that position, I also bring in a fairly deep breath, but not so deep that I might struggle with it. After holding the breath and my hands in this position for one or two seconds, I begin to release that breath as I raise one hand toward the ceiling and the other toward the floor. The objective here is to have each hand slowly turn to face the surface it is approaching and for the breath to be fully exhaled when my arm reaches its extension. I wait a second or two, then I reverse the motion with an inhalation that ends with my hands facing each other and my arms at a 30 degree angle as they were at the start of the motion. The next motion is a repetition of this first and the breathing routine, except that I alternate which hand reaches for the ceiling and which reaches for the floor. The hand which first reached for the ceiling will next reach for the floor and so on throughout the cycle. In this way, my arms become rather like the pistons of an engine moving up and down in their repeating, alternating cycles. Throughout all of this movement, I often find my awareness or attention spotlighting different sensations in my back and abdomen. I do this movement five or six times. When I extend my arms, the first repetition is not quite a stretching motion. The first repetition is to remind myself of what I'm doing on subsequent repetitions. I might try out a bit of stretching, or I might combine the motion with a bit of knee bending. The knee bending would be something that is not quite a full-on squat exercise. Usually the separating heaven-and-earth movement will start to give me feedback about how different parts of my body feel. Are my shoulders and back feeling stiff or loose? Do my knees want to bend or are they feeling a little bit bound up and sore? That reasonably simple movement has also come to be a communication within myself that says, I'm going to do a bit of Tai Chi now. The specific movements that come after this first motion don't seem to matter all that much to me. I do the ones that come to mind or that I seem to feel like doing. Within the first weeks of my experiment with morning Tai Chi, I found that moving slowly, an important part of Tai Chi is easier in the morning. I'm certain that this is partly a result of the focus on breathing. I also suspect that the pace of the day, the buildup of the day's demands, frustrations, excitements, and all the rest of it, have not yet usurped authority over my pace in the morning. I'm not yet reacting or responding to any part of the day. It's about as much of a blank slate as I'm ever likely to find. Another significant observation I had in my first few weeks was that my deep breaths were not nearly as deep as they probably ought to have been. I felt how shallowly and light my regular breathing was. I coughed and took that all as an indication that I was working a system that needed to be worked. But also in the first weeks, I felt that improvements were actually occurring. And perhaps each breath should be accompanied by the mantra, good, 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 just as they were in Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. As time has passed and adding a variety of more rigorous cardiovascular activities, particularly cycling on my mountain bike and or using my indoor Bicycle trainer setup has helped to strengthen my heart and lungs. Uh, the morning routine has certainly become easier. Also, as I practice more, I found that I could detach from the whole movement and pay attention to singular parts of it, like the angle of my hand when reaching for the floor or ceiling, or the set of my shoulders, how far apart my feet were, and the angles that they might be pointing at. I was also able to pay more attention to the comforting view through those glass doors. While I appreciate the desperate, delicate and meditative qualities of the song Highway Kind, my days are not the highway kind that Van Zandt wrote about. They don't come to leave. Instead, after living a life of many decades, I find that my days are a succession of continuously present moments and that I am more or less continuously present in them. All of these reflections have been my individual experience and investigation of practicing Tai Chi in the morning. As a non-expert, I'm not in a position to advise others whether a similar morning routine may be something that they would enjoy or derive benefit from. Indeed, I would be interested to hear your thoughts about whether a morning Tai Chi routine is a part of your day. Or perhaps you're familiar with some documentation which would suggest how a morning Tai Chi, or for that matter other exercise, routine may differ from a practice conducted during some other period of the day. Whatever your thoughts may be, and whatever your understandings may be, I hope you are able to take a few moments to share them here in Zensylvania. With all that being said, after something more than a year practicing Tai Chi in the morning, I have learned that I feel better and more content when I'm in the habit of practicing Tai Chi in the morning than when I do not. Thank you for joining me in this part of Zensylvania. I hope that you've enjoyed your time listening to the podcast as much as I did putting it together. You can find text versions of Zensylvania stories and essays at www.zensylvania.com That's www.zensylvania.com I expect to release one new episode each month for the foreseeable future. If you like the content you've heard so far, please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I'd also love to hear your thoughts. My email address is zensylvaniapodcast at or you may wish to use the link in the episode description box to leave a voice message, which we might then use in this or a future episode. If you'd like to support the Zensylvania podcast, you can find us on Patreon. Thank you again for joining me in Zensylvania. It's a state of mind.